You're now listening to the Pop Culture Drip. 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 So what did you think about Chris Rock's latest special, Selective Outrage? I enjoyed it. I thought it was very funny. Um, I think we both agreed wasn't as funny as the previous ones, but touched on some great topics. I mean, do you think he knew that everyone was waiting for him to just talk about the Oscar slap? Of course. And he had to just put some stuff in the beginning of it. Because you can't have the entire special uh, just be about the Oscar slap. Then it's Chris Rock talks about Will Smith for an hour, right? Right, right. Well, I, you know, I mean, I think as a comedian and and as a professional, he's always preparing material. Mm-hmm. And obviously, whenever he does a special, it touches upon themes that are happening in America and that are happening in American life. Pop cult, a lot of pop culture a lot of references. Pop cultural references, um, you know. But um, and so this time he did the same. He did much of the same. He talked about people's sensitivity toward everything, how the country's divided. Uh, you know, the question of abortion, now that it's become illegal. He touched upon some controversial issues, but he's fully aware that at some point he's got to touch upon the, the Will Smith thing, you know? Right. And, and, of course, he saves that for the, for the uh, like, the dessert, right? The after-meal dessert. What else did he talk about that... Well, so his, he spoke about his daughter and how... Uh, he's glad that he raised pure rich people. Right. Pure rich people meaning you don't know anything about being poor or about the hood, which is fine. Right. She's in Paris now. They're in great schools. Uh, what else did he speak about? It was funny because he, um, you know, he said he's rich, but he identifies as poor. You know, touching on some of those themes, kind of like where we're all on this whole identity kick and what, yeah. you know, what are your pronouns. You know, he did talk about how people are a little overly sensitive, and I think that's true. I agree with that, you know, assessment. Um, He did talk about, um, you know, the Kardashians, which was, that was a funny That was funny. Yeah. um, Touched upon OJ, an old story, you know. But um, I I thought he was, I thought he was pretty funny. I, I... I wasn't rolling over in laughter, like holding my gut, like this is so amazingly funny. But it was genuine Chris Rock funny. In his defense, though, life has not been that funny for him lately. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He, he doesn't have much to laugh about right, right, right now. Right. But um, I, I think, as usual, he's like an incredible thinker. You know, I think he's a very smart man. He thinks his themes through, you know, and... um. I was just watching some of his technique tonight, too, just um, getting into the fact that he, you know, he gets up there and he's kind of like an old Baptist preacher, right? He'll repeat lines twice and three times, you know, like he, like when he's setting you up for that joke. It's a tough time in America, a tough time in America. Like he'll, he'll always do it like two or three times to kind of get you hyped up, um, I thought it was. Um, I thought he was enjoying himself. He looked like he was in command of the stage, like he just was having a good time. I think, of course, what you know, we're here to mostly talk about is the f- the final segment of it when he talks about uh, Will Smith and Jada Smith and that whole controversy and the slap heard round the world. 
Um, so, and this was his first time speaking publicly about it, like in a right. special, right, 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 like, at, at length about it. Maybe he ma he's made some comments here and there, but this is the first time he really expounded upon yeah. what happened and his thoughts and his feelings about it. Right. He's never he's never officially made a statement about it. He has performed within the last year where he's touched upon it briefly, you know, as a joke, I guess, as warm-up jokes. I think um, after the uh, slap heard around the world, <laughs> I think he reflected on it the next day and and the following days after the event and decided that he would handle this in a very mature and thoughtful way. And I think part of that was his strategy, to hold this juicy bit of of uh, gossip, right, that everyone was talking about immediately after the Oscar awards, um, hold it for the right time to, 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 to take it and make it into material that he's going to hold and release at the right time. And I think it was smart to do it, to release it once all of the, um, the emotional energy had gone out of it. Right, so a year later, like we've moved on from that. Right before the Oscars, too. Right. The upcoming Oscars. He didn't, you know, if he had done it maybe a few days afterwards, it would have seemed more knee-jerk. It would have seemed more like uh, like a vengeful, you know, revenge type thing. And I think he thought about it carefully and he said, I'm going to wait on this. And... Um, he times it so that he's got a special and then the special occurs on Netflix days before this year's Academy Awards. So I think he, he's, he's brilliant. About what he spoke about, he called Jada a bitch, right? Or referred to her as a bitch. He didn't call her a bitch, I guess, yeah, however you want to see it. referred to her as a which bitch. Which is him saying, I'll still talk about your woman, in, in my view. Yeah, he, he kept he put her name in his mouth again, right? As almost like an f you to Will Smith and an f you to what happened. I think That's how that. I see yeah, it. Yeah, right, right. That he that had to be a conscious decision to refer to her as a bitch and 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 talk about the entanglement and the issue of her, um, you know, uh, having sex with uh, August Alsina, right, right. And, and the whole thing. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because. You know, he goes into a segment where he just talks, he goes into this moment where he talks so much about the reaction to Will Smith slapping him, where everyone called Will Smith a bitch. And he uses the word over again. And this one said he's a bitch, and 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 this show said he's a bitch, and the view said he's which a is, bitch, and you know, which is him, him saying calling Will Smith as a, a bitch. bitch yeah. Right. Like he's calling him a bitch. A roundabout way. In a roundabout way. You know, he's he's just saying like this there's a consensus that he acted like a bitch. Um, but not because of the slap, more because he gives you the context for why everyone felt that Will Smith was a bitch, and that was the context of Will Smith's interview with Jada in which she talks about the quote-unquote entanglement mm -hmm. and how, you know, in a sense, it was emasculating to Will Smith, you know? And then he does this little joke, right, where he says, like, you know, somebody cheats on you, but every, we've all been cheated on, but nobody does an interview with the person who cheated on you to have them ask you how it feels to be cheated on. But you know what? You're right, but you know what? They probably are in therapy, 
and in therapy, they probably had that question come up, and that's probably something they went through with therapy. I, I, agree. I see Red yeah. Table Talk almost as a, as a therapy session, and we don't know, you know, I, this is just my theory, that this probably has come up with them anyway. Yeah, I'm sure it has. I think what um, Will's, and, uh, I think what uh, Chris Rock was kind of touching upon was that although this may be some kind of therapy, it might have therapeutic value. The reality of the matter is you don't air your dirty laundry. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't put this out there to to the public. But you do the look at all of TV. I know. But I, I, I think... Not someone of that stature. Not... Let me tell you something. You don't put on the air your wife interviewing you about how she cheated on you with a much younger, better-looking man. Like, it's... It just, I agree. Like, it it just looked terrible. It made Will Smith look weak. He looked humiliated in that. Uh, because he's supposed to be the big movie star, right? Like, he's supposed right. to be Will I Smith. I mean, he's still a man, you know, whether they have an <laughs> open relationship or not. You know, open means that you are seeing other people. Open doesn't mean you have to broadcast everything you do. Right. And I think most stars tend not to broadcast. We don't know what Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem are doing. Are doing, or or you know what what some other power couple is doing, and um, I agreed with that. I thought it was um, terrible for them to do that table talk discussion. I thought it was completely unnecessary. I thought it might have even been humiliating to the kids. You know, I don't know what the follow up um, was with the kids, but I I do know that you know, this is what Chris Rock says set it off, you know, that in effect everyone was making Will Smith feel like he was a bitch for going on that show. Um, so in a sense, emasculating himself or letting himself be emasculated by his wife. And then there is now that, you know, displaced anger, you know, where he's now going to take it on on someone else, right? So... At the Academy Awards last year in March, 2022, he decides when he sees his wife's displeasure to to attack. I mean, he assaulted Chris Rock. It was an assault. Anywhere else, if you see a man come up and punch a man in the face, smack a man in the face, that's an assault. Was Chris Rock saying that Will Smith was emasculated so he slapped him to make himself feel better? I think, you know, he he does... T- remember, he, he says it several times throughout the, the comedy special. He says it's selective outrage. And he says that Will Smith also suffers from selective outrage. Meaning now he's choosing to be angry. When he should have displayed his anger when his wife talked about the entanglements. On Red Table Talk. Right. That was the moment for that. Now you make a benign joke about his wife, and it really was G.I. Jane, yeah. You know, she might be suffering from alopecia, but let's be honest. I mean, Jada Pinkett is a very, Pinkett Smith is a very beautiful woman, with or without hair, because she, you know, she's got her hair shaved. I think she still looks gorgeous. I think most people think she still looks gorgeous. No one knows this. Jada Pinkett was my first crush ever. As a kid, wow. I watched all of her movies. Wow. Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, Set It Off, <laughs> right. Jason's Lyric. Demon Knight was good. Screen actually. 2. But what got me interested in movies was, was Jada Pinkett and Tracy Ullman to a certain extent. We'll get into that in another episode. But right. it was Jada Pinkett. I was in love with her. 
Wow. She was my first crush. Wow. And I remember before I was a fan of hers before she even married Will Smith. Because when she married him, I remember thinking, I'm not going to call her J.D. Pinkett Smith. I'm going to call her Jada Pinkett because she's right. my, my girlfriend, right? <laughs> right. So I've always been a fan of hers. But it's, it is sad now to see all of this, all of this that's happening. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I personally believe, and I had a cousin of mine uh, bring it up once, that the problem here is 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 Jada, that she's um, she's toxic to some extent. Now we don't really know. We Let's don't be know. honest, and we're, they're still together. We're 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 seeing what the media filters to us and stuff, but some of it has come directly from Will and Jada, like that table talk. Like so, we can't. They can't blame <laughs> us for hearing it through a third party. Well, know? that's what Chris Rock and, said and, in the special. Right, you guys put this out. You guys put this out. He goes, well, "What kind of a couple, you know, that's as smart as they are, puts this kind of thing out?" So I mean, this was in effect. Exactly what I believe, what Chris Rock labeled it as. It was selective outrage. He decided this is the moment I'm going to look like a man and look strong. You know, and it was interesting because um, I guess we don't think about it because we're looking at them on a small screen, but we know that Chris Rock is like a skinny little guy. Like, you know, we know this. Like, that's part of his funny appeal. You know, he's like a little scarecrow type of character. And he he fully admits it. You know, he says, "I think you you people don't realize how how big Will Will Smith is. How much bigger than than me he is." You know, and he played. Uh, you know, he says he 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 goes. He 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 played uh, Muhammad Ali, and I played uh, I played Pookie in in New Jack uh, City. You know, so it's like I played a crackhead, and he played like the, the king of boxing. You right. know, so um, he's right. I, I I do think it was a. In my opinion, I think it was selective outrage. So we we recently watched rewatched the slap and Will Smith winning the Oscar. Right. Obviously, people are shocked with the slap. The camera's only on Will and Lupita, right? We don't see really anyone else's reaction. But when Will wins the Oscar, we see everyone's reaction, which is what? Discomfort. But what else were they doing? They were playing along. They were being actors and actresses. They're clapping what? and they're they're standing to their feet when he wins the award. Smiling. But, you know, when when Will Smith is announced as the winner, when Uma Thurman's up there with John Travolta and uh Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson, you know, Samuel Jackson, and they announce Will Smith's name, there's no roar from the crowd. What you should have gotten after a career as long as Will Smith's and as successful as Will Smith's was a resounding cheer. But what you got was polite clapping, polite standing, and some cheers in the crowd, but not many. Right. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was very awkward. Very but awkward. Isn't it interesting they still clapped and smiled and stood? Yeah, it's endemic of Hollywood. I mean, you're filled with actors and actresses. And you're the one that brought it to my attention years ago, if you remember, where you said that, you know, when you see stars doing interviews, they're still acting. They're actors. This is what they do best. So when you see them in an interview and they're telling you about their past and how they grew up poor or something, and you're you're just filled with emotion for this actor, they're still doing what they do best. In many ways, in I sense. don't think it's even true. So you watch them on like the Tonight Show or the Late Show, and they tell these stories. A lot of times, I don't think they're even true stories. To be honest, they may not be. They may not be. Sometimes the stories are too funny and too good to be true. Right. We had. Um, Anna Kendrick, 
she was doing an uh, an interview on the Graham Norton show. Graham Norton is this British. You yeah, know Graham Norton. I know who he is. Yeah. Um, and a lot of celebrities go on the show and they always tell these crazy stories. So Anna was telling Graham about her being in England and she stayed at this inn and the innkeepers came out to her and spoke to her in a British accent. And she said they thought that she thought they were doing a bit of a comedy bit. So she started speaking with a British accent. Oh back my to God. Them. That's embarrassing. And they both got into it and she realized they weren't doing a comedy bit and now she had to transition from the British accent to original accent. <laughs> to the original accent. Now, that's funny, but I don't think Anna Kendrick yeah, did that. I don't think she did that. Do you, understand, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Anna Kendrick didn't do that. But to, com to confirm fake type interviews, I mean, to me, my the first time I came into the realization of that was watching Mel Gibson being interviewed. Mm -hmm. Because I remember years ago when they would interview him, it was clear he had an Australian accent when he spoke. He's Australian. Right. But how many years has it been since you've heard him speaking in an Australian accent? Right. When he does interviews now, he puts on a fake American accent. You know, right. he switches, he code switches to American style English. So, I mean, you know, it's clear that that actors to some extent will continue acting whenever the camera is on them, whenever the mic is on them. Especially at the Oscars, especially at a. Um, a world-renowned award show. Right. Right. It's probably one of the most viewed broadcasts of the year. It's a beautiful show. Everyone's skin is clear. Everyone's wearing designer Gowns, clothing. Yeah, and yeah. and you're, you're always happy. These actors probably hate each other. This actor who won probably beat you out for that role, and now he's winning an Oscar. But you have to sit and clap for him. Javier Bardem did not look happy when Will Smith won the Academy Award. I have to rewatch it. If you it. watch the footage again, he looks... He's clapping politely, but he, he looks like, I can't believe this guy got it, you know? Right. And not that Will Smith isn't as good an actor or, or better, depending on your opinion on those things. But I think maybe even just in light of the assault that just took place, it's like, wow, and now he gets the award. And notice Penelope Cruz is clapping, Maya Rudolph and her husband, Paul Thomas Anderson, are standing and clapping. Everyone does it. That's the Hollywood, yeah, like let's, that's, that's Hollywood coming together to protect their own and to, to, to kind of give you a show, put on a, that's, that's the whole thing I'm talking about. They're all putting on a show. Remember, uh, Rowan Polanski, I, I think I showed this to you year, uh, a while ago, Rowan Polanski won, um, the Oscar who Rowan Polanski is famous for, um, I guess, raping statutory rape of, um, the little, a girl, a teenager. Yeah. And he's now exiled in another country. He won the Oscar for, uh, the pianist. And it was controversial that year. This was, what, 2003, I think, somewhere around that time, 2004. Uh, it was controversial um, for him to be nominated, even. It's still mm -hmm. controversial for Woody Allen to get those nominations. Right. And <laughs> they announced his name. He's not there, of course, because he's in another country. And slowly people are looking around, you know, should we clap? It's it's like what happened tonight. It's very slow and yeah. awkward. And then you have the big wigs and outstanding. A Meryl Streep stands and, and claps. Claps. Then, you know, Jack Nicholson was there clapping or who have you. And this is why that 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 guy that did the, uh, I believe, what is it? Ricky the, Gervais. Uh, the Golden Ricky Globes. Ricky Gervais, the Golden Globes. He just, he was the best host I've ever seen because he called it Everyone like he out. saw it. He called everybody out on the bullshit that you see on these, on these shows, this false nicety and this false everybody's cool here we all get along business it's it's nonsense yeah but you know what i was thinking about this today 
if you were in Hollywood too, I was watching the uh, Ellen DeGeneres videos on YouTube of uh, her being quote unquote mean to celebrities. I didn't think she was being mean, but uh, that's that's th those are the titles of the videos. And you know, behind the scenes, you know, even I heard before this all happened that Ellen was was like this, like she wasn't a nice person. Did you hear these stories? I about never her? knew that. You never I, always, knew I, I always thought she was as sweet as you see her on TV. Oprah comes on the show, but then Oprah is someone who talks about like you know being your true light and yourself and you know all these things. And I'm thinking, why is Oprah, in a sense, supporting this? Hmm. Because you know that I mean, the, her show is now canceled for her being such a mean, toxic person. What you preach is not this. Why are you on the show supporting it? You know, right. But then I thought, wait a minute. Now, if I were in this group and they were coming for me, I would want someone to defend me, too. Right. So if it happens to me, I need you here to help me. So I'm going to help you. Of course. In case it happens to me. Of course. So I get it. I get yeah. the clapping and standing. Right. My Rudolph slaps somebody or does something. She would want at you least want the, your crowd to rally around, around her. Yeah. Right. So. And not only that, and that's because what, so many... how we have to look at it as a consumer, as as you know, right. someone not in the group. Like, if this happens to you, you're going to want the someone. The in group is going to cover for their own. Yeah, sure, and not because they support it, but because, well, because they support the industry. Right. That's the thing. They're not supporting the individual. They're supporting the industry. Right. And so, um, say to support an Ellen, or, or or something of that nature, is because you know that Ellen provides interviews. Right, she might interview you in a month or two months. You have an upcoming movie. You need to be on the Ellen Show because she's the top daytime show at the time or whatever. Right. You know, so you've got to secure your position on that couch. You know, and I think that's so much of it is that it's a chess game with actors and actresses where they realize it's a business. It's a business. Like everybody knew, you know, you don't cross Johnny Carson back in the days. You don't do it. You know. I mean, look at what happened to Joan Rivers. Look they didn't let her Rivers. on the show until. Lena left. Right. If Once she was offended, once uh, she offended Johnny and Johnny felt like he she betrayed him by going off to get her own show. Never on NBC again like that. Never. Never on The Tonight never Show. Never again. But why? Because Johnny had power. Right. And that I mean, power went and even he after he was dead. And he could call so-and-so and say, we don't want her on this. Hollywood is known for that. You know that. They will blacklist you. Right. Like they will. And so, um, like we were talking the other day about Monique. Monique, yeah. And here we are again. Like, you know, it's that same situation. So, I mean, Will Smith now, I guess, would you consider him blacklisted? I mean. I don't know. I think it's too soon to tell. Hmm. It's too, hmm. we, need, we need to see his next move, I think. Yeah, I think, you know. And he's, I know he's done a lot of projects on television. He's done some of those documentaries I love. Yeah. Like The Nature One ones, Strange Rock. Right, and, and the ones, Darren you know, Aronofsky Sci-fi ones. Not sci-fi, scientific ones where he talks to scientists yeah. and stuff. So we'll see. So he, he's, he's had a pretty broad career, and his career was already beginning to move into, like, that Morgan Freeman phase where you just are part of everything and you're invited to be the announcer here and the commentator there. And um, I think, I don't know, I don't know if he's been blacklisted, but he's certainly been slapped on the wrist real hard. I mean, if you can't appear on the Academy Awards for 10 years, right, that's yeah, that's an exile. Or any Academy-related events. Events. And who who are the members of the Academy? Other actors and directors and <laughs> exactly. producers. and So there you go. There's There's a consolidated effort now to keep him down. And maybe justified. Maybe you know what justified. He needs? You know what he needs? 
He needs a movie where he dies. <laughs> For real. Now, we were talking the other day about Tom actors, right, and how Tom Cruise uh, is Does not like stunts. Shakespeare, yeah. but he knows he's aware of his image. Right. You know, he knows not to do this in a movie, not to do that. Will Smith famously said, I don't die in movies. And some people don't die in movies, if you ever noticed that. Mm. Some people don't die in movies. I've never given that thought. You never give it a thought, but it's a thing. Right. That's why we love Leonardo DiCaprio so much in Titanic. We fell in love with his character, and now he dies at the end. The so he forever lives in our hearts, right? It's forever sad. Right. People are still talking about Rose could have led him on the thing. Well, yeah, that's that's why I... Yeah. <laughs> that's why I was mad at Rose toward the end. I'm like, come on. Everyone is mad at it because yeah. we like they when They supposedly it... did a test where, like, they tested it to see if two people can sit on the door or whatever or float on the door. Right. It's a, it's a big... Because we, we, we love that character so much and it was taken away from us. Right. Right. Will Smith has to play a role that we feel for, we fall in love with, not that not romantically, but we care for deeply. Yeah. We have a lot of emotion attached to it, and then he has to die. He has to play the tragic hero. He has to be the tragic hero. He has to play the tragic hero. We need to. He needs to be a my girl. And at, at this point, he's going to need to play bees. Jesus Christ for us to love him again, yeah. because I think it did affect his career. Um, I think his speech at the Academy Awards was sad. It was a moment that should have been triumphant, and it was a moment of shame. And he's crying in it, and he's saying that he's feeling emotions because he likes to protect people, and he's a protector. I mean, you watch that that awards uh, acceptance speech, and, and what you get is a man who is feeling regret for what he just did because it has tarnished what, he, what he's kind of achieved. He doesn't mention it during the speech, but I felt that. I felt like... You know, and he, he does apologize to the Academy. He should have apologized to Chris Rock right then and there. Like, right there and say, you know, the first thing I need to do is apologize to this individual. But I think at this point, he may have still felt justified in hitting Chris Rock. We do know for sure that after that he was approached by Denzel Washington. Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry. Two, two men known for their Christianity, known for their, their Christian values, who kind of consoled him and and i don't know if they so much consoled him as they tried to get him to see that he was wrong in doing what he did and that there were consequences to it i think i, I don't think they were condemning him so much as they were trying to calm him down and and let him see the bigger picture how this is will adver adversely affect him and it has how big of a stain do you think this will be on his legacy i mean i think in terms of whatever, 25, 30 years from now, whatever, I think it will be one of those moments in his life that will be a standout moment that will be mentioned. Um, but I don't think it'll permanently stain his career um, in terms of the body of work, because Will Smith has had an incredible career. I mean, having, you know, a number one record and being, you know, a successful rapper at what, age 16, 17? You know, a successful run of movies, um, documentaries of all types. He's his children raising an incredible family, his son, his daughter, you know, his sons actually and, and his daughter and, you know, his relationship with Jada. I think what has tarnished him the most has been the relationship with Jada. You know, Maybe but. this is going to be like his Hanoi Jane to Jane Fonda. 
like that <laughs> that controversial thing that always happens in everyone's career. Right, right. And it's no, it sort is sort of still there. It's still but there. Then it, they but kind you, of eclipse it. They get it. past it. It may be. It may be that Hanoi Jane moment. But um, yeah, I I think you're right. I think overall, Jane Fonda went on to uh, do a lot of incredible films. Mel Gibson came back. Mel Gibson came back after a, you know a, a real racist diatribe against black people, against Jews. Yeah. Um, so I think it's possible. It's possible. And I think for Will Smith, it will certainly be possible. Um, I think people were a little more sympathetic. I, for one, can tell you I actually was a little sympathetic toward him when he first had hit Chris Rock. It wasn't immediately... Evi- At first, I thought it was a joke. I think a lot of us thought it was a joke. But then when I realized it was real, I could relate to the aspect of wanting to defend the honor of your partner when you felt your honor, your partner looked like they felt dissed. Because he probably, he laughed and then he looks at Jada and she's obviously uncomfortable and she looks upset. And, you know, as a man, you that 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 kind of... You shift into that gear, like of protecting your wife, which but is why I think he protecting mentioned, was that really protecting his wife. It wasn't. It it was what um, what Chris Rock called selective outrage. It was selective outrage. It was the wrong moment to be outraged. I think whatever you know, we're all we're all um, we're all hardwired with certain things, and we have already preset you know software in our in our computers in our brains about things that upset us. And maybe there's been a lot more behind the scenes with him, Jada and Chris, Chris Rock. Yeah. I mean, there is that, uh, Oscar so white. There is that aspect of Jada coming out publicly when Chris Rock was supposed to host the Academy Awards saying, don't host the Academy Awards because Will didn't, wasn't nominated for concussion. You, you know, know the joke he made actually it was Will and Jada because that's so just to recap they for years there's been a a, a campaign uh, right. for years about this issue of course right and that was when Will wasn't nominated which they thought he should have been for concussion and which I think may have been racial but also it was anti NFL right so again it's that inner group that, that yeah. you're I think that I think you're very you're very much onto something there. It was it was if if now he yeah. wins for this, and it's like oh now let's pay attention to the NFL and these concussions. Right. So by not winning and not even by being nominated, it it sort of goes away. Goes away. Do you understand? <clears throat> you don't mess with American football. Mm-mm. You don't. You just don't. Americans love their football. They don't want it Although criticized. Yeah. Although it you know it has its problems. Which is what that movie was Those about. are the modern-day gladiators. Those are the American gladiators, our football players. And as, as, we, um, as we know from the, um, the Super Bowl, you know, this is a, a big cash cow. I think, I think ultimately cow. something will happen to it because the movie was right. There is lots of CTE and, and brain injuries to these players. And oh, yeah. It's not good, you know, but that's another conversation. So uh, they were boycotting that year, Okay. And, you know, of course, Chris Rock now has to comment on it, not just Will and Jada, but the, everyone else who was boycotting and sitting it out and, and, and writing about it. Chris Rock basically said something along the lines of they weren't invited anyway. He said uh, the joke was Will and Jada coming 
being invited to the Oscar, coming to the Oscars is like me and Rihanna um, getting Rihanna's panties. I remember that. I wasn't invited or something like right. that. Right. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Basically, you weren't invited anyway. Why are you boycotting? Why are you boycotting? Now, I don't know them personally. I'm not in the industry, but I think maybe that had something to do with it too. They're already, there's already some. And they're really, and that's really directed at Jada. Yeah. It's directed not at Jada. Not so much as Will. Will, yeah. Right? Because. Jada Spear. What he's saying that. is like, you're the one making the most ruckus about this and your career has gone nowhere in Hollywood pretty mm -hmm. much. You know, it started well, off strong, but it's, it's not like she's getting any roles now, you know? So, and she hasn't gotten roles in quite a while in anything of, of, that I can remember. Can you? Jada, I didn't say that. I all said that. I didn't say that. I'm saying it. Remember, Jada was the lead singer uh, for that metallic metal group. Wicked Wisdom. I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. She I was a lead singer. Knew. And they booed him and whatever. So what was the last thing that Jada did? The, the last thing I remember her doing was a TV show called Hawthorne, where she played a, a nurse. Hmm. How many years ago? What, a couple what? years ago. I don't know, like five, six years ago, maybe. Okay. A little, maybe 10 years ago, actually. Um, but she doesn't, the thing is, she doesn't have, when's the last time you saw, saw Kate Capshaw doing something? The wife doesn't really have to work. No, I get it. You I mean, because you know she I mean? was her own star. But, um. You know, I would think, you work if you were married to Will Smith? I mean, I think it's obvious that the you would be in a rock group called Wicked yeah, Wisdom. Wicked Wisdom. I mean, you know, look at Rita Wilson. No, if I were Rita married Wilson. to Will Smith, I'd be in nothing. Okay, I'd be in my mansion. You would, okay, that's where I would be. No, you would in do, my mansion eating grapes and sipping wine and loving my life. You would do what Kate Capshaw's doing, what Rita Wilson's doing. You follow your passion, like Rita Wilson and his, Tom Hanks's wife is now like a singer, right? Right. You you do what you want to do. Jada Pinkett did it. I mean, I, I we discussed this the other night. You know, there are valid criticisms of Hollywood. I'm more interested in seeing people of color in all aspects of the film industry. That I'm more interested in seeing. Because I, I do believe when it comes to the actual telling of a story, it shouldn't be where now I'm required. If this is a script about... The reunion of friends, you know, those guys, where it was an all-white cast. I don't think there should be some kind of a mandate saying, throw in three black characters and make one of them date a black character. Which is what happened with Sex and the City. Right. The, yeah, the I, I the don't city. agree with that. I, I mean, if I look at a Woody Allen film, and Woody Allen films are predominantly white films, predominantly dealing with Jews on the Upper West Side, Upper East Side... You know, but this is his world. Right, right. So I want him to tell his right, world, right. his story, you know. And the people that he knows and he he and hangs he out hangs with. hangs out with. And it's realistic to it's me. It's realistic. That you would find that they might have an occasional black friend, but they do travel in their own circles. Right. I would want the same for a film that dealt with black subject matter um, and not the typical, like, you know, black white dichotomy thing where there's like racial tension. But um I, I think um I think ultimately um the Will Smith thing, what what I do remember about Will Smith, what was and you're better with titles and I forget them. What was a film he made a while back where he was like some kind of an FBI agent or something? Oh, um with Gene Hackman. With uh Gene Hackman and Enemy uh, of the State. Enemy of the State. That to me is more of what I'd like to see. That role could have been given to a white man, could have been getting, given to an Asian, could have been given to a Latino. They're an agent, and it was a smart 
thriller. It right. was, well, he's he, crossed over, and though. he happened to be black. And that's the way we should approach movies. Independence now. Day, too. Men in Black. That's right. All, when you've made it to that point, your movies are not, you're not the black guy anymore. You're, you're not the black the guy. guy. You're the guy. Right. And I'd like to see more of that. Um, but um, I think Will Smith will recover from this. I think Chris Rock's uh, special was brilliant. I, I, you know, for touching upon it and waiting to think about how he would approach a response, not giving a knee-jerk response, not giving one in anger. But I do have to say, you tell me how you felt about it. When we were watching the special, did it not seem like toward the end, Chris Rock was expressing a lot of rage? Yeah, he was emotional. He looked really angry. Yeah. To the point where he even messed up one of his jokes and had to restart the yeah. joke. Yeah. Because he was so angry, you know? And, um, and that's justified, too, because this is... Now his cathartic moment to kind of let it out. But think about it. What was the mic drop moment, the final joke of the night for Chris Rock? I don't remember. What was it? He said that the reason he didn't do something oh, back right. was because he had parents who raised him a certain way. And then the, the final punchline is... Because my parents raised us not to fight in front of white people. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was brilliant. And that's the Aye. mic drop moment. Because it's saying we shouldn't air our dirty laundry against each other publicly like that. We shouldn't attack each other. You know, which is something that Chris Rock was in a sense saying that Jada set into motion. Because he mentioned how he was chosen to do the Academy Awards and she protested it because of her husband. I think she was processing before she knew. Yeah, sure. But now she's asking him not to take a job Yeah, when it's scarce, when precisely you want to see a black face on, on the Oscars. And because it's not your husband's black face, you choose to kind of publicly bash yeah. Chris or pressure him into not taking a, a high paying, high... Uh, uh, what what is it? High exposure, yeah. high visibility position, you know? So there, there was a certain hypocrisy in it. And I think his final words on that special made sense. Like he was saying, we don't fight in front of white people. We don't, this makes us really look bad. Meanwhile, you know? he's saying the N-word the whole time. Yeah, he is. I mean, you know what I mean? But that's part of his comedy. That's all whatever. But it's 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 used in humor. I mean, when, when Will Smith came up and smacked him, there was no humor about no, it. No, that was terrible. That was just... That was just a black man assaulting another black man. Like, that's pretty much what it was. You know, there's no other way to get around it. And that looked really bad, and that's what he's criticizing, you know? If Will Smith had, you know, made some kind of a joke back out loud, you know, shot him a, a shady joke or something, Chris Rock would have been able to roll with that. But he just assaults him, and then when he gets back to the seat, I think even Chris Rock was kind of confused as to whether it was some kind of, like, Bit. Bit or something that Will Smith was initiating. But then when he starts cursing, which, you know, you don't curse at the Oscars like that. You, you know, don't curse on TV like that. Jeez. Right. And it was just, yeah. yeah. Not good. A, not a good, not a shining moment for Will Smith. Can he redeemed? Will he be redeemed? I, of course he will. Because I think a man's overall body of work should speak for him. You know, and at the end of the day, that's, that's what matters. Check out Chris's special... Uh, selective Outrage. We'd love to hear your thoughts. It's on Netflix now. It's hilarious. Their um, first live. 
program. The first live program and the first uh, full-on response to, to Will, Will Smith. Smith and the smack heard around the world. All right. Until next time. Next time. Pop Culture Drip.